This podcast is generously supported by the Jesus Bible NIV edition. With exclusive articles from Louis Giglio, John Piper, and Randy Alcorn, the Jesus Bible lifts Jesus up as the lead story of the Bible. It is available as a full study Bible, as well as available as individual Bible journals. Find out more at www.thejesusbible.com. Want to learn how to interpret and teach the entire Bible in a way that is Christ-centered and clear? Learn with us here on the Christ-Centered and Clear podcast. Welcome to the Christ-Centered and Clear podcast, back for, I guess, year two, season two of the podcast. And uh, in 2021, we're going to at least start off the year looking at uh, different what we'd call heroes of the Old Testament, kind of walk through some of the more uh, popular figures in the Old Testament and show how they point to Christ. And then we're going to um, look at the book of Jonah uh, in 2021 as well, and then we'll, we'll make some more decisions from there. But welcome to the podcast. We're going to start uh, our hero series looking at Noah. And I have with me, as always, my twin brother, John Aiken. John, uh, looking forward to diving into Noah first and then on from there. Yeah, it's exciting. All right, we're going to follow the same format we've kind of done with uh, with Daniel, but I just kind of want to talk about uh, the story of Noah first and give us just kind of an overview of the story, where you find that in the text, and then we'll kind of talk about Christ-centered stuff from there. Yeah, so the Jonah story, not the Jonah story, that's a common uh, mistake people make, <laughs> is uh, it's Jonah and the fish and then Noah, Noah and, and the, the ark. ark. Uh, but Noah is found in Genesis six through nine. And then really, honestly, he's the end of the genealogy in, Gen- in Genesis chapter five. And, um, the story is kind of familiar and Very it's become familiar. a familiar, uh, trope or uh, just uh, even like a joke, uh, even in pop culture, you have, uh, Bill Cosby years ago before he, um, you know, before his reputation, he's, he soiled his reputation. Uh, kind of made a name for himself with this this joke that he had about uh, what what was it like to have the conversation with God as Noah and God telling you, hey, it's going to rain and you need to build an ark and all this different stuff. You have uh, water parks called Noah's Ark. You've got uh, children's nursery themed, <laughs> all, all this stuff. And so it's become, you've got Evan Almighty, which was a, a, a movie uh, Steve Carell was in. And uh, so you have this it really has become part of pop pop culture. And so the story is, is familiar. Uh, but I do think that familiar, familiarity does cause uh, Christians to have a difficult time understanding what's actually happening in the text. And so what's happening in terms of the overview is God says that the basically the thought of man's heart is wickedness all the time. And so he's going to pour out judgment on the earth in terms of a flood. And he chooses one man, Noah, and his family. Uh, to build an ark and to preserve his family mm. and to preserve uh, the different animals that are on uh, planet Earth at that time uh, by two so they can repopulate. And uh, and then so then over those the course of those chapters, that storm comes down. Uh, it floods the earth. People die. Animals die. Uh, but Noah and his family and the animals are preserved and they also have taken in animals for food. Uh, and so there's all those different kinds of numbers that we see going on there. And then, um, and then the waters cease and then they begin to recede and, and they send out birds and so forth. And then they, uh, they come to land and then they come out. And then in Genesis nine, there's basically 
kind of the, the, the you know, the, what we see in Genesis 1 in terms of God's mandate to Adam to fill the earth and subdue it is kind of re-given to Noah as a restart to creation. And so that's, that's like a 30,000 right. foot overview. What are any textual issues, things that people get caught up on? And I got another question in that line, but any first that kind of come to mind, the uh, textual issues? There, there is a, there are probably many, but there, one of the specific ones is what is the context that leads up to the, the Noah story in terms of this idea of the, um, uh, the, the uh, sons of God and the daughters of men and who are these people. And there's all these different theories about um, whether or not they are like angels or fallen angels who are having sexual relations with uh, human women, or is it the godly line of Seth um, and the ungodly line that, that are intermarrying and, and those kinds of things. And so that, that is a question. Right. And honestly, good Christian scholars come on uh, different sides of that. Uh, even, you know, my, like my dad, our dad and I would disagree. I think he thinks it is um, fallen angels that are having relationships with, um, with human women. And he would point to Jude and some other places. And I, I do think it's a Genesis three, the war of the offspring kind of thing where the, the lines are intermixing. And so, but that is a specific textual question. I, I, you know, it doesn't, I think it's an important question, but it doesn't determine your uh, interpretation of Noah in that clearly the earth is filled with, 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 with wickedness and God is going to judge that. Hmm. Another textual issue I know is debate uh, among some is the flood uh, local or is the, is the flood universal? What are your, what are your thoughts there? I think it's I I don't see anything in the text that makes me think it was anything other than a universal flood. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I can understand why people say that, but it, it feels to me and it, and it reads to me like a universal yeah. flood. All right. So then now kind of walk us through uh, Christ centered connections from the, the story of Noah. So if you're if you're preaching that you typically preach it in one sitting uh, if it's Noah and then. So, yeah, maybe that. How did you preach it? Did you preach it more than one sermon? One sermon, and then what were the Christ connections? I typically have preached it in one in one, one sitting, and one of the ways I approach Noah, for example, is looking at how the New Testament interprets the story because right. it because it is mentioned, and you know that that is a helpful thing in terms of if you're trying to figure out how to do Christ centered interpretation. If the New Testament addresses your text, well, then obviously that's a spirit inspired right. apostolic interpretation of the text. And uh, we do believe they got it right. And so you should start there. And so, so first, uh, as, I'm, as I'm looking at this, Jesus himself references the Noah story. And um, he references it specifically in, at least off the top of my head, Matthew 24, where he's saying, look, the, uh, the end of the world and judgment is going to come at the end in the same way it came in the days of Noah. It's going to be um, spontaneous. It's going to be immediate. It's going to be like a thief in the night. Are you ready for it? Uh, and so that's when I'm preaching it. One of the connections I'm going to make is that connection of saying, look, uh, Jesus says, basically, people are going to be just living their lives. They're going to be growing up. They're going to be um, falling in love. They're going to be getting married. They're going to be having children. They're going to be raising those children. And then, you know, judgment mm -hmm. comes. And are you ready? And, uh, and so I'm going to preach that in terms of judgment. Are you ready? How, how do you get ready for the thief that's coming? It's, you know, what have you done with Jesus? Um, and so that's so that's one uh, place very specific that that I would that I would point. Uh, the other is 
uh, a couple of different places you have in first Peter where, uh, Peter, and it's kind of a complicated passage and don't want to get maybe into all the different interpretations of it, but, uh, where Peter kind of compares it, that baptism corresponds to what happened with Noah, uh, and the flood. And so the way I, the way I kind of approach that is this is say, look, um, Jesus says, um, when he is, uh, on planet earth, right before he is getting ready to go to the cross, he says, um, I have a baptism that I must undergo. And so he refers to the cross as a baptism. And so when I, when I preach this, I, I trace this theme of water as judgment mm. uh, throughout the old Testament and into the cross. And so you have um, Noah and the ark and the flood. You have uh, Moses and the Israelites crossing the red sea on dry ground and the Egyptians being drowned. You have Jonah, which we're going to talk about uh, in episodes to come where he's being thrown into the waters of God's wrath and the sailors are being saved. And so you have this over and over again where water is judgment and God pours that judgment out on specific people and then rescues people through it. And so judgment on the world, Noah and his family rescued through. Judgment on the Egyptians, uh, Moses and the Hebrews rescued through. Judgment on Jonah, the sailors are rescued through. And then Jesus says that, he says, my cross is a baptism that I'm going to undergo. And so he he pictures the cross as him being drowned under the wrath of God for the sins of the world so that humanity, whoever puts their faith in him, is rescued yeah. out of that. And so uh, that's another way that I, I pointed to this idea of uh, salvation through judgment. Uh, and then, you know, in Second in Peter, you, you have um, Peter talking about these different instances of Judgment, that same kind of thing, salvation through judgment. He's pointing to Sodom and Gomorrah. Mm-hmm. He also points to uh, the flood and how God rescues people through. And so it's a, it is a type, a pattern of salvation, and that obviously finds its climax in the cross. You mentioned, and then maybe a few more things on the Christ-centered uh, connection, but you did mention this is a story that's familiar. I mean, we if, even if you grew up in the church, but even even so, if you're not a Christian and didn't grow up in the church, you're familiar with the story. When you are preaching it or or if you're teaching it, how are you trying to shake the listener from the familiarity of the of the text? What are some things you try to do? Yeah, so one of the things that I that I try to do is um, first time I ever preached this text. This was. I mean, almost 20 years ago now, um, maybe 16, 17, 18 years ago, when I was preaching this text, I just went, I was, as I was researching, I went online, went to YouTube, which was a, which was a new kind of phenomenon uh, then, and just typed in, uh, you know, Noah's Ark. And so you get, you get the things, you get uh, the Bill Cosby routine and all that stuff. And there was a, there was a video that caught my eye. There was a, a video by an agnostic or atheist lady who called herself Hellbound Alley. And so this, she has this whole video about how um, ridiculous Christian parents are because they decorate their kids' nursery in Noah's Ark theme. <laughs> and she's like, you might as well put Freddy Krueger posters on your wall because this is a horror story. It's not, it's not some friendly story about cute, cuddly animals. <laughs> There are dead people floating right. in the water, right? And uh, and as I as I watched that, it really was just like you know, she's, she's right. right. Yep. You know that that we we tend to think that this is some cute children's story, and it's really not. This is a story about God pouring out His judgment on the entire world, 
And uh, and so that 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 I just use that as a way to try to shake people out of. And what I'll say is I'll I'll start the sermon with that and just say, look, uh, and she's talking about all these different things. She's like, you you try to monitor what your kids watch, and you're so careful about all these different things. You don't want to expose your children, but you expose them to Noah's Ark. Mm-hmm. And um, and so and I say, you know, it's easy for us to get angry about what she's saying, but you know what I get most angry about is that she's right. She understands the Noah's Ark story better than most of you mm. in the room. It's good, and um, and so this is a horror story. It's a story of judgment, but it is, and she also is missing it. Is it? There is a story of of mercy of that. Sure, God loves the world, and and uh, whoever believes in Him will not perish. Right, and so they have an opportunity to believe in Him, and uh, and so that's what I'm going to preach. But I I do try to use that story and stories like that to shake people out of this uh, just this idea that this is just kind of a cute children's Bible story. This podcast is generously supported by the Jesus Bible NIV edition. Zonovan Bibles has partnered with the Passion Movement to bring you an accessible study Bible with features designed to help you meet Jesus throughout the scripture. With over 1,000 articles and essays written by contributors like Louis Giglio, John Piper, and Randy Alcorn, this study Bible is written so that you may know him more intimately, love him more passionately, and walk with him more faithfully. The full Jesus Bible has been changing lives since 2017. And now select books of the Jesus Bible are available as individual Bible journals. The handy size and ample space for taking notes make these Bible journals an ideal one for group study or personal devotions. Chronicle your own journey of faith as you discover Jesus as the lead story of the Bible in five Old Testament books and nine New Testament books. There was never a moment before him. There will never be a moment without him. There is no BC. Find out more at thejesusbible.com. Anything else on Christ connections? Obviously, you've you've kind of shown the uh, the water judgment picture and, and kind of pointing us to the cross. Anything else on that, or even just uh, kind of where the Noah story falls in the canon of Scripture, and then we can move to application. Yeah, I would just say one other thing, real quick. I just think that the Noah's Ark story is kind of the the story of the world in miniature, mm-hmm. and so you have, um, you know, you have the the fall of mankind and and wickedness spreading and growing on the earth, and then God pouring out his judgment and, and accountability for human sin and starting over. Okay. Now the start over, uh, doesn't last very long. In fact, Noah sins mm-hmm. just like Adam and he sins with fruit. fruit. Yeah. Okay. So he, he gets drunk and, and those kinds of things. And so the, the, the story of human sin and rebellion starts over again, but you have that, that miniature story that shows us what the story of the world is going to be like. God created the world. Good. Humanity rebelled. God's going to hold that accountable. He did that through the cross of Jesus Christ, uh, and he's going to do that at the end of the age. Anybody who's put their faith in Jesus is going to escape the judgment to come and is going to walk into a new creation with, um, with this opportunity to live uh, faithfully to the Lord and, and, and in a place where we are glorified. And uh, so that it does give us the miniature story of the world. It's good. Uh, so we are the Christ-centered and clear podcast. We certainly think that the all the scriptures are pointing us to Christ, what we'd call Christocentric hermeneutic, but we want it to be Christ-centered and clear. We want to show people why this matters for their life. So how do you take your Christ-centered connections and then apply it to to the listener? Yeah, I think, so again, I want to take, if the New Testament addresses this text, I want to take what the New Testament says, and and not just what the New Testament says, but the ways that the New Testament applies it, interprets and applies it and yeah. do that myself when I'm preaching. And so 
Jesus clearly takes this text and applies it to final judgment and the question of, are you ready? And so when I preach it, that's what I'm one of the main things I'm going to preach. And I'm going to try to get at that again, using the stories like I did about like Hellbound Alley um, or just just talking through um, the ways that we will look at a text like this and we'll think to ourselves, you know, how how dumb were the people who didn't get in the ark? How dumb were the people who drowned? Noah's working on this over years and years and years. Right. Nobody else gets in. Aren't they fools? In the same way that you could look at a story like Sodom and Gomorrah and think, okay, aren't Lot's son-in-laws idiots? <laughs> Isn't his wife a fool for looking back? Don't they understand these things? And I just, I kind of point to that and say, look, the, the truth is you and I have become conditioned just like everybody else to, um, to let doomsday messages just kind of go over our head and, and just to ignore them and to think that the people who like the people who are getting ready for some, you know, some apocalyptic Armageddon, apocalyptic Armageddon or some global catastrophe who are like doomsday preppers and hoarders and all this stuff. We look at that and we look at them as, as jokes to entertain us. And that's why you have those documentaries on TV and right. those kinds of things. And we, we, we're not sitting there concerned about, uh, and, and, and oftentimes, you know, if we, if we switch from a gas guzzler to an electric car, it, it's more about finances than it is about the environment and those kinds of things. And so, um, and so we are, we are, we are programmed when we're driving down the road, even Christians, when you're driving down the road, if you see a street preacher who's, who's preaching impending judgment, we almost pity them. Mm. Uh, and so we, so we um, are conditioned to not take judgment seriously. And that's the same thing that was true. These, these people who drowned in the flood were not worse than we are. And so I'm, so I'm, when I'm applying the text, I'm trying to drive uh, that point home of just, you know, you, you are basically the frog in the kettle and you don't realize it and you need to be awakened to a reality here. Judgment's coming. Um, any other illustrations or application you use uh, to kind of help you? You shared several, so don't ha- don't feel like two, you have to. Two things I would just say real quick. I, I do think that you, you have you have in Second Peter two where where Peter talks about Noah being a preacher of righteousness, and so I do think that whenever we think about final judgment, that we as believers, that one of the applications is that we've got to be faithful witnesses for Christ, and that are your uh, family members are your friends are your coworkers ready for judgment you may be ready for the thief to come but they may not be and so in in light of impending judgment we should be aggressive witnesses for Christ i mean mm-hmm. we've got to be engaged in personal evangelism and that's something that for whatever reason that that when we were growing up seeing hell and seeing judgment as a motivation to witness was a was part and parcel of uh, of that um, upbringing, but now it's kind of seen as like, that's not a great motivation for witness. And it's like, well, it may not be the only motivation for witness, but it sure, it certainly should be a motivation, motivation for witness. Yeah. And so, um, we, we need to understand that. And then I do try to get at in the, in texts like this, you know, Tim Keller and others are great at this of trying to anticipate the objections of, uh, of unbelievers right. and why they think, that God is awful if he judges anybody and those kinds of things. And so I'm, I'm trying to anticipate that objection and then explain to them, Hey, you know, isn't it right for him to hold his creation accountable? And there are two, two illustrations I use real quick and then we yeah. can move on. Um, 
we've talked about this before in previous episodes, but love, you know, the series Back to the Future 2. One of the things people don't know is Back to the Future 1 was almost completely shot and finished. And then I think Robert Zemeckis, who's the director, went back and started over because he didn't think the main actor was any good. And he scrapped it so that a guy named Michael J. Fox could come in and they basically decent actor, decent actor. (laughs) It was probably a really good choice. And so they reshot the entire thing started over. And the reason why is when I talk about this, they like only one standard matters and that's the creator, the the one who's creating this, that's his standards. The only one that matters. And the same thing is true uh, for us when it comes to judgment. And then when we think about the problem of evil is Everybody gets upset about whatever injustice they see in the world and that's that's important to them. And so they'll say, well, you know, what's wrong with the what's wrong with the world or when's God going to do something about this? And the the question is, okay, what do you want him to do? And when he does, when he does step in and he holds sin accountable, what makes you think that you're going to be completely exempt from Mm. that? Uh, And so so I try to get a couple of those things as well. Any, I know this, you don't necessarily have any of this stuff in front of you. We will put stuff like up like this on the ChristCenterAndClear.com. But uh, best resources, particularly when it comes to Genesis or Noah, just any that come to mind. So I, I you know, I, I might be um, biased here, but I do think so. My PhD supervisor was a guy named Ken Matthews, and he wrote a two volume commentary on Genesis in the New American um, Commentary series that that our Southern Baptist. Uh, publisher B and H put out, and I think it's uh, phenomenal. Uh, I think I think Russ Moore has the uh, one in the in the uh, Christ centered exposition, or it's it's either it's either out or going to be out, and I, he definitely approaches it from a Christ centered perspective, and so that would be a helpful resource as well. Yeah, yeah, and look for that. We'll we'll put stuff like that on the on the resources like that on the website. So check that out. Uh, next up in our next episode, we're going to look at the life of Joseph. And so that'll be the next one in the series. As always, feel free to write in, uh, email us, ChristCenterAndCleared uh, at gmail.com. We would love to take any questions you have, or even if there's text, you say, hey, would you wrestle with this text and show us how it points to Christ? Please uh, email us questions, uh, thoughts, and um, please interact with uh, the podcast as well. Rate and review. Uh, that's very helpful to us. And uh, thanks for listening to the Christ Center and Clear podcast. Thank you for listening to the Christ Centered and Clear podcast. If you have questions or topics or texts you would like us to consider for future podcasts, please contact us at ChristCenteredAndClear at gmail.com and please visit us at ChristCenteredAndClear.com for more resources.